Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks, and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. In the Sales Chat Show studio, the posse are here. I'm Simon Hazeldean, and opposite me, Mr. Graham Jones and Mr. Phil Jessen. Good morning. Oh, excellent, gentlemen. Um, As we are recording this episode... um, uh, at the weekend, we're together on a Monday recording this. On Saturday, England rugby team beat the mighty New Zealand Hooray! rugby team. Yes, to get through to the final of the Rugby World Cup. So we're all very excited to find out what happens when we play South Africa next weekend. What was uh, interesting was that the New Zealand rugby team, those of you that are rugby fans will know this, those of you who are not, let me just explain. The New Zealand uh, All Blacks always perform a haka, which is a ceremonial sort of ritual dance, comes from Maori culture, associated with pre-battle, but not exclusively pre-battle. So it is a... It is a very, very impressive and powerful display. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just YouTube New Zealand All Blacks Hacker and you'll, you'll see you'll see what we mean. But it got us thinking about the, the New Zealand team are doing it to psych themselves up and they're also doing it to potentially intimidate the team that is facing them because the other team have to stand and watch the New Zealand team perform the hacker and the England team decided um, various strategies have been tried over the years by various teams to um, counterbalance the effects of the hacker um, and the England team ad- adopted a V formation which has never been seen before with the England captain sitting in the end of the V inverted sort of inverted to, compared to the yeah. New Zealand lineup wasn't it yes it was yeah so almost uh, somebody commented from a military point of view almost sort of approaching both flanks mm. of the New Zealand with the with the England captain sort of smirking I think was perhaps yes. the best way to, to show that he and the chaps were not affected by it. But he it was got standing us... in a victory V. In, yes, Ooh. very, very, very symbolic. So it got us thinking about, should you, as a, as a sales professional, let's say you're going into an important meeting, an important sales presentation, a pitch, or a, a terms negotiation, what should you do to psychologically prepare yourself? Should you psych yourself up? We're not obviously suggesting a hacker. I thought you were going to say when we meet our clients or potential clients, we should do a hacker as we enter the room and see what impact it has. Well... You're certainly going to be memorable if you yep, do that. That's I think, true. Uh, you yeah. certainly will go down in history in the client's memory, whether you're successful <laughs> in in the sale. Uh, oh, who knows? Who knows? But chaps, you're thinking. What do you think? What do you think? Well, is- let me give you a very obvious and basic one. Uh, just get there early with plenty of time to get your head together. I think, yes. as a salesperson myself, uh, I've certainly been flustered. 
if I've arrived with seconds to go or even worse, five minutes stuck in the traffic or whatever. So just in terms of mental preparation, there's a lot to be said for sitting in reception with a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes on your side, getting yourself together, whatever that means for you. So definitely modern traffic, difficult in many, many parts of the world. But also what I've increasingly found is way more cars being driven to work than ever before. And often customers' car parks become very full. So if you are travelling by car, the visitor's car park, for example, or wherever, could be full. So then you are in trouble, you're going to be even late. But you said sit down in reception. Now, I personally never sit down in reception. Uh, When I'm going in for a meeting with a customer, I always like to stand up because I think that keeps my energy levels higher and um, make sure that I'm, I'm up and ready for it as, as the customer enters. I, I did the... wonder why you were stood up now. That explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> but but there, there are other reasons why it's good to stand up. Okay. Uh, one is uh, you breathe better, so you're getting more oxygen in, which means you're thinking better, which means you're better prepared anyway. So a bit of biological impact. But the other thing is that many receptions have very low seating. And so what happens is the person who you're about to meet comes to get you from reception. They are already in a dominant position because they're standing up. You are sat down, very minuscule to them. So they already see you as weak, as a potential problem. Uh, And then you have to awkwardly get up to shake their hands. And... That's not good. So you want to be standing up to meet them when they arrive, and then you're at least equal. And we have our resident psychologist here for a very good reason. Um, Talk to us about Professor Amy Cuddy's research, Mr Jones, into power posing. You've got your finger on the I will just put my hands behind my head while I say this, because that's a power pose. Professor Amy Cuddy from the University of Harvard uh, did some research uh, and discovered that there is a neurological effect when you pose in particular ways. And so, for example, if you stand with your hands on your hips... Uh, For five minutes, actually, it changes your brain chemistry and makes you feel more confident and it makes you feel uh, more in control. And so when you go into a sales situation, if you've been standing in these power poses, as she calls them, uh, for for five minutes, not just for a couple of minutes, it takes some time for it to have impact on you, it changes your brain chemistry to make you perform better. Because I think also your your commentary about sitting in the low settee, there is also the other research isn't there about the low power posture that also has an effect absolutely it makes you feel inferior so it's no good going in as a salesperson feeling inferior already absolutely because you know they've got the budget and they may not spend it with you so you've already got that negativity hanging over you now you don't want any additional negativity so sitting down not good Standing power posing is definitely good. There's been some controversy about her work, but actually subsequent studies have shown that actually what she did find uh, several years ago is actually true. The repetitive work has shown that, yes, um, when we stand in particular poses, it changes our brain chemistry for the better. So, for example, if you're on the phone to people... Uh, prior to the phone call, it's really good to lean back in your chair with your hands behind your head, with your feet on the table. Uh, Put your feet up on the desk, lean back, and uh, 
for do that for five minutes and then stand up and make the phone call mm. and your body chemistry has changed to make the phone call better. I mean, I'll often encourage particularly internal salespeople who are working over the telephone, stand up if yeah. it's an important call, stand up, walk around, move around. Well, yeah. quite a few companies a few years ago uh, ran meetings, just stood up, didn't yeah, they? Because absolutely. it was going to be 15 to 20 minutes rather than an hour. Everybody got straight to the point. They were yeah. energised. From the word go, they weren't sitting there in a very passive I think it just mentality. as an aside, if you're an internal sales manager, when you're having one of your team huddles, do it standing up. It's probably going to take less time, and it gives everybody's energy mm. energy a boost, assuming they're all sitting down. They may obviously have stand-up desks as well, which is a yeah. good, good thing for health and well-being yeah. as well as for, as well as for, for, for sales. I, so, I'm interested in the, in the self-talk theory. Yeah. And one of the things I was going to ask our uh, expert... Brackets, Graham, as you quite rightly point out. <laughs> you can ask me because we haven't got an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst we wait for the expert to come into the room. Yes. Sadly, he couldn't make it. Yeah. Uh, but when you've got somebody who is, uh, in my language, naturally a half-empty person, uh, they're going to find it quite difficult to uh, self-talk in a positive way. Why aren't they? Because that's just not how they are. I can see from the look on their face, I should never have bothered to go down this avenue. It's just the words naturally half empty. So that assumes that there is some kind of mechanism which makes somebody feel half empty. There isn't. There is no natural mechanism for that. That is simply the way they have been taught to think. So much of our thinking is learned behaviour. We've learned it from other people around us. But so, if it's now a deeply embedded habit... But it also means that you can learn other behaviour. So if you've learnt one behaviour, you can learn another behaviour. So learned behaviour means that we have learnt from all the people around us that the world is, you know, we should look at the world from a half-empty point of view. We can also learn how to look at the world from a... Uh, completely full point of view because the glass is full the glass is never half empty because the glass may be full of half full of water molecules but it's also half full of air molecules there's not a vacuum at the top the glass is always full well let me We're just take, shattering metaphors left right and let me center just, here today on the sales let me just again. take it away from sales for a moment where you've got a footballer about to take a penalty muttering Oh my God! I'm going to miss this again. Yeah. What would you do to train that person? That's about visualization, so that if they see the ball going into the goal at the you know bottom left-hand corner, and that's all they think about, then the chances are very, very high that that's what will happen. Uh, so, all research on visualization shows that if you visualize these things happening, you will perform to allow it to happen. And what happens is that people don't visualise it happen. They look for all the reasons why it might not happen and what might prevent them from happening. And guess what? Your body tenses up, you don't kick the ball right, and so it doesn't go where you wanted it to go. So it's visualisation. I, I remember, as you can tell by looking at me, I have trained Olympic athletes. and uh, we, we know this. You knew that. We know yeah. this to be true. Yeah. So <laughs> I trained for a financial services company a hundred athletes who were going to the sydney olympics and the reason for training them was that they were going to be sponsored by this bank and when they were going to be interviewed on tv obviously the bank wanted these people to communicate very well even though they wouldn't be allowed to say the name of the bank and they certainly weren't allowed to wear the logos on tv 
but it meant that in all the publicity that the bank was using about the Olympics, that those people would be perceived as good people. So they needed to learn, you know, these are 17, 18, 19-year-olds who've only ever been athletes, and they were wanting them trained into communicating really well on global television. So I had to, I was part of a team who trained these 100 athletes, and I remember talking to every single one of them, and I said to them, you know, how do you see you know, how do you see yourself? What What is it that when you're in those starting blocks at the start of that 100 metres, what are you thinking of? And every single one of all the athletes, it didn't matter what sport they were doing, they saw themselves at the finishing line. They never saw themselves at the start. They never saw themselves worrying about what was going on in the starting blocks. That was instinctive. What they were worried about, not worried about, what they focused on was getting to the finish, yeah. being through the finish with and having that visualization of everybody else behind them. And so those people who were really good at producing those visuals were the ones who were succeeding. The, so uh, back back to the opening scenario, there is our salesperson in reception stood up as per yep. Simon's comments. So what is it that we think they should be visualizing bearing in mind they're about to go into a boardroom stroke presentation environment. They're visualizing all those people standing up shaking their hands and saying thank you very much here's our signature. Okay. They're visualising the document being signed, they're visualising everybody saying thank you at the end of that meeting and visualising the product, service, whatever being delivered immediately after definitely that. back up Graham's comments and the research I did for my book on performance psychology, The Inner Winner. That was a shameless plug, folks listening in. Yeah, we'll um, edit that one out later. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that. The Inner Sh- What? Sorry, the Inner Winner. The Inner Winner. Thank you for mentioning that. I thought he said Inner Dinner. No, available no. from uh, Amazon and all good booksellers. Um, shows that elite athletes versus non-elite athletes, greater use of mental rehearsal, yep. greater use of self-talk, better able to control their state. Yep. So it's what sports psychologists call being in the optimum state of arousal which is nowhere near as interesting That's as it potentially <laughs> it potentially might sound but it, and it's not woo woo stuff is it this no. is very very well the the mental rehearsal the visualization piece but also the self talk is what you say to yourself yeah. and how you describe it i know it can seem a bit funny sometimes and 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 people people lampoon this and poke fun at it but if you don't run something, something else is going to run. And at least if you're controlling it by what you're saying, you're using positive language, positive words, positive visualisation, I think you know the research shows you're far more likely Absolutely. to succeed. But also if you start with that final image, then the self-talk becomes positive. Yeah. Mm. Whereas if you start with self-talk, you start finding reasons why your self-talk is should be criticised or you start thinking of mm. opposition to what you're saying and you end up being in the half half empty mm. glass kind of position whereas if you start with that visualization and work backwards your self-talk inevitably becomes positive I, i'd also like to champion the cause of uh, preparation and planning because oh, when i when i go when i think back to my school years um that awful feeling in the stomach on the school bus knowing that i hadn't done enough revision yeah. uh compared to on another day knowing that i had done enough Revision, And I think when you get to that place as a salesperson where you're saying, well, I've done all the research, preparation and planning that is known to mankind, I feel, you know, I'm on it. I've done as much as I can do it. The chances are that the self-talk is going to be very positive rather than the other way around where you feel as if you haven't done enough 
and yeah. you're going to be feeling very vulnerable. And that's much more important in sales because you cannot turn up at your sales meeting and say, I'm sorry, my dog ate my presentation. Mm. Like yeah. you could at school. You could, you, I'm sure you said your dog ate your homework once or twice. Yeah, you can't hamster. do that. Your hamster ate your homework. But yeah. also, also <laughs> athletes have pre-performance rituals and there's no reason why you know, linking to, to, to Phil's point about planning a preparation, that's part of a pre-performance ritual. These are just little um, rituals that people go through that just helps to put yeah. them in a positive state. And it's, you know, there, there are some people who have lucky T-shirts. And, of course, they don't believe in the concept that the T-shirt makes them lucky. It is just associated mm. yeah. with yeah. What, so whatever that is. It might be, you know, tying your tie, polishing your shoes, having everything in your bag correctly, polishing the screen of your tablet if you're going to be yeah. presenting. Little things that are just part of a ritual I'm sure we do time. it as well as presenters if we're mingling with the audience Absolutely. in a lunch break before we've actually got on. I'm sure there comes a point where with 15 minutes to go, we will separate ourselves from the audience and go through our own little individual routines, Absolutely. whatever they may be. Yeah. But it's also about anchoring, isn't it? You associate you know, something physical, whether it's clothing or whether it's a gesture or a body position with something that's mentally... Uh, positive for you so when you felt really good something in your life and you associate something physical with that memory and then you constantly associate that physical thing whether it's clasping your hands or you know standing with your thumbs out or whatever physical thing it is so that then when you're in a negative situation you adopt that physical state and your brain will automatically start to replay those positive things in your brain. So you've turned the negative into the into positive feelings, but yeah. just simply by physicality. That's a classic anchoring mm. technique to get you into the right frame of mind. What about salespeople who are, um, to put it bluntly, in a bit of a routine environment? They've mm. got to do 10 of these, 15 of those, 50 of those, or whatever, and they're approaching the workload uh, not exactly... Uh, animated and excited or in a uh, optimum state of arousal what can what can they do to make that routine stuff spring to life in a more meaningful way i sometimes recommend they like have little games targets things they're going to do see how many they can do in a certain period of time achieve achieve so many you know self self-directed targets and things that they can Start the day with a warm call, not a cold call. Yeah, get get started. Definitely, probably, definitely don't start your day by sitting down looking at your email. I would, I would just avoid going on your email and make some, get some calls made nice and early, get ahead of the day, and then maybe, maybe hit some of the admin and the email. You know? Yeah, I would, I would also refer them to previous episodes of the Sales Chat Show. Uh, where we tell them, you know, doing a certain number of things a day is irrelevant and yep. having a sales target is irrelevant. Uh, so just get on with it and forget all of that kind of stuff. So if you're in that kind of routine, I've got to do 10 of these a day, actually you need to talk to your sales manager because that's the wrong basis on which to know, make you know, good he always, sales. He always has to come back, doesn't he, when he comes back to that sale, when we have that argument about sales targets, he can't resist bringing no. it back up at every episode, doesn't he? Oh, you shouldn't have... So if you haven't seen the episode stroke argument episode <laughs> about should you have sales targets, He's definitely... Emotionally scarred. Definitely, yep. definitely find that, definitely find that one where 
I think Phil and I would have to admit Graham might have out-researched us on, on the topic and we've never forgiven him. No, I, I think so. he made it up. <laughs> yeah. I visualised the research before yes. I came in. Yeah. Yeah. But I think having some fun, having some games, you know, just, just do it like, I think light-heartedly to, yeah. break, to break it up, I think is a great, it's a great thing to do. You know, try to, what I'm saying is, is not necessarily counting your calls, but trying to do them in a defined period of time or something but, or achieve, yeah. achieve do, some results that's under your control. Do something that, as a group of people in the office, that you can have a bit of fun with. So, yeah. you know, how many, you know, names of, you know, record titles can you get in the conversation during the day? And there can be a league table of, you know, how many record titles you've got in or how many film titles have you got into a conversation each day? I mean, uh, I wouldn't uh, even uh, think of doing that, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't strike me as as terribly important as my auntie Mary Poppins said to me. <laughs> We're now inserting song titles <laughs> and film titles into every episode of the of the sales chat show. That would be a, an absolute nightmare Very on Elm good. Street if we started <laughs> if we started doing that. But sales managers listening in, if it's in, particularly internal, I think where you've got maximum yeah. influence, you're seeing people on a day to day basis. Your salespeople are going to take a feed off your energy and your yeah. attitude. And I for mean, any sales manager listening, we need to also give them Graham's home address, bearing in mind his comments about abolishing sales targets because they'll be around there. <laughs> They'll be rad to see them. So we're definitely not saying, folks, that you should do anything crazy or that's going to make you feel embarrassed, but definitely getting the inner game right is going to help. We're saying it game. works. And it does. And it's backed up, it's yeah. backed up by, a ton yeah. of, by a ton of research. Gentlemen, any last closing thoughts and comments? We shouldn't forget your book. I'll just say it again, The Inner Dinner. <laughs> the, the Inner Winner film. Yeah. The Inner Winner. I'll just say that's dinner, 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 Batman. Oh, oh. Another film title. Time to switch you. it off. This episode is now starting to drift, drift into silliness, gentlemen. So I shall call a halt at this stage. I'd like to thank Mr. Phil Jess and Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean. Saleschatshow.com. Please take a look. We've got 120-something episodes there, free of charge for you to uh, download or listen to. Also available from wherever you get your podcast. Thanks very much for listening. Good luck, good selling, and good psyching yourself up for those all-important meetings, folks. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. Beep.